Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Marriage Today podcast. I'm Jimmy Evans. This is Paul Aaron. So glad that you're joining us. We're talking about a bloodline blessing. We're talking about having a blessed family, a blessed bloodline, getting rid of the curses, the generational curses of your old bloodline, and literally having your life transformed. This is what Galatians 3 talks about, talking about the bloodline blessing of Abraham that Jesus came to give us. And Karen, today we're talking about uh, having a new bloodline. Mm -hmm. Now, in the teaching, I talk about uh, the Kennedys is an example of this. There, there's a book called The Kennedy Curse. Now, mm -hmm. some young people might not be familiar with the Kennedy family, but they, they know they're cursed. Yeah. I mean, you, it's mathematically impossible for people to be that, uh, you know, to that, be that cursed. And so, and, and there's a reason for it. And it was the sins of their ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so, we all have imperfect family members somewhere back in our past. Mm -hmm. And because of those sins, those sins are visited generationally. And what you and I decided, Karen, early in our marriage, we wanted, we wanted to be the end of all the curses and the impure bloodline. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be the beginning of a pure bloodline from here on forward. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Yeah. I mean, the, the sins of our parents and our grandparents, their failures, we did not repeat. Mm -hmm. But we, uh, we uh, took blessing to our children uh, rather than curses. Well, and you and I were not really raised in Christian homes. No. So we didn't, we came into our marriage baby Christians, so we didn't have a good foundation of uh, what a Christ-like home was supposed to look like. And so, you know, that was one of the things that helped us is because, well, I, I know for myself anyway, I started seeking God and just calling out to Him to help me through the, our difficult times of our marriage. And so, we, you know, we began to put God first in our marriage. And, you know, we started going to church faithfully and, uh, and growing and re reading the Word every day. I remember watching Christian TV and just thinking, that is so cool. I mean, I, it was just like feeding you. It's like, you know, such a good drink of water. It's like, I've been thirsty. I didn't know I was thirsty. Yeah. You know, and so you start, you know, getting into the Word and listening to good teaching like that. And you start realizing that's the way I want to live. Right. I want to live like that because it makes it. There's joy and peace and love and happiness where before we didn't have that, and you know. And so that's what we did. We began to set our our standards in our home uh, on the Word of God. Right. And then you know we would. It's just like all the times that we've talked about how you and I would get together and we would just pray about things and um, you know and you know we would try to use the Bible as our compass. You know we right. got, you know when we got off we come back to what does the Word of God say yeah. you know and it's just so important to develop that because that's going to be your foundation where you can right. take your family into the generation of the blessings. That, you can't do it without the Word. Mm -hmm. Well in this teaching I'm going to be talking about you know Galatians 3 says that Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come to the Gentiles the non-Jews by faith. Okay so Jesus didn't just die to forgive us of our sins. He didn't just die to break the curse of sin. 
He died to forgive us of our sins, to break the curse of sin, and to graft us in to the bloodline blessing of Abraham. Genesis 24, 1 says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and God had blessed him in all things. There, there are people, uh, some of you watching, listening right now, you, you don't expect to live blessed. I mean, you, you have a, a cancer curse over your bloodline. You have heart disease curse over your bloodline. You have some horrible curse over your bloodline, and it's all you know, and it's all you expect. Many Christian people live their lives just waiting for a curse to happen. They don't think there's anything to do about it, but you can. You can change your bloodline. By faith, you can say, I renounce my old bloodline, the impure bloodline, in my case of the Evans family, and I now claim that I have a new bloodline. It is the bloodline of Abraham. That's why Jesus came. So we're going to go to this teaching right now to help you to understand the power of a new bloodline, a new bloodline blessing. We do presbyteries. Years ago, Robert Morris, Gateway Church, he uh, exposed us to presbyteries. And Paul told Timothy, the gifts that are within you are there through the laying on of my hands and that of the presbytery. Well, presbytery means leadership. So Robert, uh, they had a presbytery service and they prayed for their leaders. You know, when they had leaders that they were setting in in the church, they just prayed over them and they'd walk up and lay hands on them. And they would have an opportunity to, uh, you know, if the Lord was saying something over that person or couple, that they would speak it over them. And then after you prayed for the leaders, they had what was called words in season, where if there were 100 people there, 200 people there, you just waited on the Lord and just said, Lord, is there anybody else that you want me to say anything over? So it was wonderful. It's just a tremendous atmosphere. And uh, in, the, in the presbytery, uh, I was actually not a presbyter in this particular presbytery, but I was there. And this couple went up and they knelt down and uh, they were being prayed for, leadership being prayed for. Well, as they were being prayed for, I could see that just in my heart, I could see the Lord walk up and hold this woman's face and start, and he was speaking to her. And the Lord said, now I want you to go up and I want you to hold her face and I want you to say what I say. And I said, Lord, that's weird. I'm not doing that. That's just really strange. And her husband's large and he'll strike me. And I, I mean, I thought that's, no, no, I'm not doing that. You know, and, you know, and again, the Lord never says, Jimmy, you're right. You know, so I'm just, I am just, you know, sweating bullets and, and the Lord keeps showing me, you go up and, and lay hands on this woman and say what I tell you to say. So, so, you know, so. They, pray, they were praying over him and speaking over him. So finally I walked up and said, uh, ma'am, do you mind if I touch your face? And she looked at her husband like, he's strange. And I said, she said, no, that's fine. So I put my hands on her face and here's what I said to her. Now you come out of a family of spiritual darkness and you broke out of generations of spiritual darkness and the Lord knows that. And here's what Jesus says to you right now. It will never happen to you and your, and your children. And I looked at her, and she starts crying. So, of course, the worst thing about a presbytery is you don't know what you just said. You know, I mean, you have to go sit down, and, you know, so she's crying. I'm thinking, okay, well, it's weird. I hurt her feelings. She hates people touch her face and whatever, you know. So I went and sat down, and I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And so after the presbytery's over with, she came and found me, her, her and her husband. She said, do you want me to tell you what you said? 
And I said, would you please tell me what I said? She said, I come out of a family of occultism, many generations, and I broke out. When we met and started dating, he was a very strong Christian, and we both made a very strong commitment to Christ. Uh, and she said, we decided we were going to live for God. And she said, there has never been a male child in our family, a firstborn male child in our family live past the age of 18. And I have four boys. There has never been a firstborn male child in the known history of their family live past the age of 18. And she said, my son is 17. And on the day he was born, the devil came to me and said, that's my child, I'll have him. And I have warred over that boy for 17 years. And last week I was walking at the park, praying my guts out for my son. And the devil came and said, I'll have him before his birthday. And the Lord walked up and held her face and said, it won't happen to you. That boy is about 23 years old now. The first male child in the known history of their family that lived past the age of 18. This, you know, it's so heartbreaking that this family, precious, precious family, lives under this cloud of fear waiting for the curse to hit, waiting to see if they're going to be the statistic. And in their case, it wasn't like a lot of the young men in their family died. Every firstborn male child dies. And you say, well, why, why do they die? Well, I don't know what someone in their family did to deserve that. You know, well, she said occultism. She said, I come out of a long line of occultism. I know in my family, you say, well, Jim, you know, what, what about... My dad had six cancers over 20 years that killed him. My dad had, you name the cancer, my dad had it. Uh, and he fought. He was just unbelievably tough. But uh, my doctor would say, you're going to have cancer. You know, Jimmy, your family's full of cancer. You're going to have cancer. So I know that my great-grandfather was a bootlegger in Tennessee. The way my family got to Texas is we fled from Tennessee in the middle of the night on a barge to flee from the law because they were going to shut down our still. And that's probably one of the better people in my family. <laughs> Horse thieves, bank robbers, God knows what. But somewhere back when our bloodline was polluted, one of the most remarkable stories ever told, true stories, about a family curse is the Kennedy curse. Edward Klein wrote this book called The Kennedy Curse. And I encourage any person to read this book because it's mathematically impossible for any family to be this unlucky. And this book chronicles, there's a section right here in this book, page after page after page of murders, assassinations, uh, accidents, uh, and everyone else. I mean, everyone, especially people my age, we remember the Kennedys. Patrick Kennedy was the patriarch back in the 19th century who came from Ireland. And he was a corrupt individual. And he had a son, uh, Joe, 
who is a very corrupt man. This was John Kennedy's father, President John Kennedy's father. And one of the interesting things, a couple of interesting things about him, he made his money selling liquor to him, prohibition, and a bunch of other bad stuff. He was very moral, had open affairs with uh, Gloria Swanson, with uh, actresses and uh, movie stars and things like that. And he was anti-Semitic during World War II. During World War II, he was the ambassador to England, and he did not want to go to war with Hitler. He wanted to do business with him as he was exterminating six million Jews. It ruined him politically. So he took his fortune and decided that he was going to use his fortune to get his boys in politics, and he did. And John was president, was assassinated. Bobby was running for president, and he was assassinated. Uh, others of his children were humiliated and assassinated or went crazy, or died in plane crashes, and on and on and on. And anyone who knows about the Kennedy family, now this, this, they believe they were cursed. Bobby Kennedy said, we're cursed. You know, that's when you know it's bad, it's when you know you're cursed. And the Kennedy family, this, this is a chronicle now of a corrupt family, Patrick and Joe and many of the patriarchs of the family. These were immoral, corrupt, anti-Semitic people. And then you see the curse hit and wipe them out in the sight of the world. And, and by the way, when God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you, look at the nations that have cursed Israel. There has never been a nation in the history of the world that remained great when they began to persecute Israel. The Kennedys, we see the sin that led to the curse, but in all of our cases, we have to come to the point of realizing we have a polluted bloodline. Even, even if we had a pretty good family, Adam, we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were cursed of God. Okay. But Abraham wasn't. Abraham was blessed of God, but the problem with Abraham was it was a genetic blessing to you and to your offspring. Jesus bought us back from the curse of the law, the law of sin and death. We sinned, and because of that, we deserve death. Having become a curse for us. He took the curse for us. So we didn't have to do that. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. God said, I'm going to hang, God the Father said, I'm going to hang my son on a tree and I'm going to put all the curse on him for you, for me. That the blessing of Abraham, Genesis 24, 1, Abraham was well advanced, old in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the non-Jews, the non-genetic children of Abraham. Now we're the spiritual lineage of Abraham. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit is God, and He is the agent of God to minister every blessing of God in our lives. Healing, health, wisdom, knowledge, salvation, deliverance, freedom, everything that it is that Jesus died for, the Holy Spirit ministers that to us and says, now in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham has come that we might receive the promise of God with us, the Holy Spirit ministering every blessing through faith. Okay. So let's talk about how to break a bloodline curse and attach to the bloodline blessing of Abraham. First of all, you have to understand the full purpose of the cross. Now, a lot of people, you say, well, why did Jesus come and die for us? And you say to pay for our sins. That's one-third correct. It's correct, but it's one-third correct. 
Jesus died for my sins and my sins are forgiven. But what about the curse? Jesus came to die for my sins to take the curse of sin away and to bring the blessing of the bloodline of Abraham to me and to resolve the polluted bloodline that is cursing my life. We all have a cursed bloodline. And Jesus resolved that. And again, I want to go back and say most believers are waiting on a curse. And we have been told, my doctor, the doctor I went to for many years, he's a good doctor, you know. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. And, and in the natural, he's telling the truth. They're not being bad doctors. But I, I read that article earlier where it says that they were trying to give a rational answer. Okay, let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter how rational the answer is if it doesn't take care of the problem. I don't want someone reasoning with me while I'm getting the curse. Let me give you the answer. Jesus Christ took the curse off your life. He took the polluted bloodline and he resolved it. And now every non-Jew has available to them the blessing of Abraham of a bloodline that will live long and all things will go well with you. Somebody say amen. amen. My gosh, that's good news. My gosh, that's good news. What medical science cannot resolve, Jesus resolved on the cross. He became a curse so the blessing of Abraham could come to the non-Jews that we might receive the Holy Spirit, the one who ministers every blessing of the cross to us by faith. It takes faith. So I have to understand the full purpose of the cross was to forgive my sins, to take away the curse, and restore the blessing of Abraham to me. Okay. Number two, repent and receive Jesus as your Lord. Well, why do I say, well, because first of all, if you're not a Christian, this isn't yours, okay? This is in Christ. These things are true. So, you know, rebellion to authority. And I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect to, to be blessed by God. But occultism, you know, immorality, uh, hate and unforgiveness. There are some things that, that you know, they're, we need to deal with it. Um, for example, Jesus said, blessed are those who bless you, curse are those who curse you. This is an everlasting covenant. If I've got an issue with Jewish people and I'm unkind to Jewish people and I hate Jewish people, I've got a problem. Let me tell you what my problem is. My Savior is Jewish. Okay. And his mama is Jewish. Okay. And all the Bible was written by Jews. Okay. And so if I have got any Semitism or hate, Jesus said, if you forgive others, my heavenly Father will forgive you. If you don't forgive others, my heavenly Father will not forgive you. I may be on my way to heaven. But if I will not give grace to others, that grace stops in my life. And that means the blessing that I could have had stops in my life. So if, if I know that there's something, I don't have to be perfect, but if I know that there's something in my life that is not right, I need to deal with it. I need, I need to get it out, okay? By faith, renounce the curse of your bloodline and receive the bloodline blessing of Abraham. Remember, this is by faith now. Okay, what is the faith? I have faith that Jesus died for me on the cross and removed my sins and broke the curse. And now what Jesus has made available to me is every blessing that Abraham received from God. Okay, so I have to ask myself the question, if Abraham was old and well advanced in age and the Lord had blessed him in all things, did he have cancer? Did Sarah have cancer? Were they crazy? Were they broke? Just go down the, the, the menu, okay? No, the answer is no. So if they weren't, why would I receive that? 
because my bloodline is not the Evans bloodline. I'm not going to live my life with the Evans bloodline waiting to get hit with a target on my chest and this dark cloud over my head just waiting to be cursed. Why would I do that when Jesus took it away? But most of us are. I did. I did. Okay. So, but the point is this. I come to this place. I read Galatians 3. I read Genesis 24.1. I come to this place of realizing the gospel is better than I thought. I thought I just got my sins forgiven and I got to go to heaven. But here on this earth, I just have to, you know, slug it out. But what I realize is this. The polluted bloodline of my family has been broken over my life by faith. And now by faith, from this moment forward, I'm of the bloodline of Abraham. So my doctor, I was telling him about, great, great guy, just love him. And he would say to me, you know, Jimmy, I know your mom and dad and your brothers and all your family. And, and so, you know, you have to be really careful because you're probably going to get this or this or this. So I didn't yell at him or, you know, preach to him or anything. But while he was talking, I was saying to myself, I'm not of that bloodline. I'm not of that bloodline. I'm the bloodline of Jesus. And I would leave his office and go in the car and I would say, Jesus, thank you. I don't, I'm not going to receive anything that he said, though I love him, I appreciate him. I don't receive anything he said because it does not agree with what you say. And I'm standing on your word. So I know good and well for some of you right here, this matters. It matters because there's something in your family you don't want. And not only do you not, do you not want it, you don't want your children and grandchildren to get it. You don't have to have it. Okay. And some of you watching, some of you are waiting on something horrific. Insanity, deafness, multiple sclerosis, God knows what. Lou Gehrig's disease. And you've been waiting on it all of your life. And you say, well, you know, my uncle had it, Alzheimer's, my grandfather had it, my mother had it, you know, all these people had it. Abraham didn't have it. And from this point forward, I don't want you sitting counting family members that had it. I want you to say to yourself, did Abraham have it? Answer is no. And if Abraham didn't have it and Jesus died so that I could have the blessing of Abraham... I'm not expecting curse. I'm expecting blessing. I'm no longer identifying myself with a polluted bloodline and all the curses that came from behaviors. God knows where they came from. Whether it was 20 years ago or 200 years ago, I have no idea what my family did, but I know what Jesus did. And Jesus died to pay for my sins, to remove the curse of sin, and to restore me to the pure, blessed bloodline of God. Somebody say it. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. 
For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.